Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. Hey, Mark, what's going on, man? Hey, Bruce got nothing to worry about because he was born to run anyway. So let's have it. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Spring. I don't know if you hear what happened with Bruce Springs. Bruce Spring, we talked about that Jeep commercial the other, that really long, pandering, liberal, horrible, terrible Jeep commercial that they aired during the Super Bowl that was uh, talking all about the middle. And we talked when we debunked that because when you're when you're a big leftist like Bruce Springsteen, I mean, Bruce Springsteen's about as blue as they get. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. He talks about being, you know, uh, born in the USA and being all American. And he's 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 driving a Jeep through Kansas to the middle and he's wearing a cowboy hat and he's wearing his boots and there's dust everywhere. And he wants you to think that he's just a good old American, uh, you know, Midwesterner. He's not at all. He's like a he's like a New Jersey uh, Uber lib who uh, donated, I think, to, to the Clinton several times and performed at uh, what, what did he perform at Bynes and I, he performed somewhere. Uh, but he's you know, he's he's not what he's been portrayed to be in that Jeep commercial. Also, we found out that he's not supposed to be driving a Jeep because he had a DUI or a DWI rather in uh, in November in New Jersey. So the the Jeep company <laughs> had to pull. And you look, Super Bowl ads ain't cheap. First of all, you got to buy the time, and the time is expensive. They they charge a lot for the Super Bowl because they know there's going to be a lot of people watching, fewer people than ever before, but a lot of people nonetheless. Then you've got to produce the ad, and to pay a company to come up with a Super Bowl ad, that's not cheap either because you're usually hiring the best of the best. I mean, I watched all, I watched Mad Men. I know what these guys make. I know how competitive it is, and I know how much money you got to shell out to get a top advertising agency to produce your commercial. Then you got to go out and hire somebody like Bruce Springsteen, megastar. I mean, he's going to be he's and plus he's got legal fees he's got to pay. So you know that Jeep had to shell out some cash for Bruce Springsteen, and then on top of all that, you've got to shoot not a one but a two minute commercial to pander to uh, the political uh, right and left of the uh, of the country and try to get them to meet in the middle of a place where nobody really wants to be and where nothing ever gets done anyway. Um, and then all, all after all that, not only was the ad by Jeep not well received, but then on top of all that, they found out or it was released that um, that that their star, Bruce Springsteen, got a DWI in November and they had to pull the ad. They pulled it. There's no more Jeep ad. There's no more Jeep ad running on their website, on their Facebook. You're not going to see it on TV anymore. Their multi-million dollar Bruce Springsteen political pandering flop is gone because this and here's the other thing, too. This guy, Bruce Springsteen, was driving around on his motorcycle. You know, he's like, baby, I was born to run. He's going through. Uh, he's, he's in, uh, where is he, in New Jersey on the shore. And he's, there's some fans, like, wave him down. He pulls over to take a selfie with these fans. They want to take a picture. And then I guess one of the fans offers him a shot of tequila. And he's sitting on his motorcycle on, on I, and it was it's some kind of, I don't know if it was the beach or it was private property or whatever, but he's sitting on the motorcycle. And he takes a shot of tequila. And he drives off, and there happens to be a cop <laughs> like two blocks away. So they busted him. They busted him for DUI. They busted him for drinking on public property or something, which he wouldn't. All these things. Look, if you're going to take a shot at tequila, don't do it on a motorcycle that's on in front of a cop is all I'm saying. Our light has always found its way through the darkness. That's good news for you because it's dark. And there's hope on the road. Up ahead. There's also the popo on the road up ahead. So Bruce, you better watch. You better watch out. Wow, what you're doing? Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is the number. If you want to get through with an open mic message, you can do that. It's really easy. Download the mobile app. One zero four point five WOKV in the App Store. So record your open mic, send it in. We'll get it on the air, and we will play it unless there's wordy dirds in it. In which case, we won't play it. So just keep all the wordy dirts out of your open mic. Man, a lot going on today. What with impeachment, the impeachment. Lindsey Graham says impeachment is collapsing and it's going to be over by Sunday. We've got that quote from Hannity here um, in just a minute. Also, I don't know if you heard the hubbub that happened because it happened kind of late at night. But my, Mike Lee, who's not just a senator, but is also a juror in this case, stopped the impeachment proceedings live 
and objected and demanded testimony be stricken from the record because the impeachment managers were misquoting him in front of him in the trial of Donald Trump. It was it's crazy, but it proves once and for all two things. It proves, number one, that this entire impeachment is a sham, which we knew. And number two, it proves that the Democrats are lying to everybody there. They actually admit that the evidence that they're trying to put forth is untrue. We have that in the record as well, too. We'll play that for you here uh, in just a minute as well. And, uh, of course, it's Thursday, which means what the bleep today. What the bleep. We're going to get some we're going to get some of the comments from uh, through over the past week. We're going to get some clips from newsmakers, from news you know, shakers, news take. I don't even know. Just people that have been in the news. And we'll uh, we'll bleep them out. We'll let you play that game because it's just oh so much fun. It's just oh so exciting. And uh, and I hope that you guys um, stick around for that. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045 is the number. All right. So Lindsey Graham, who Lindsey Graham, you know, and he's like a, he's his own little personal political roller coaster. You never know when he's aboard the Trump train or when he's just jumping off of it. You never know if he's riding high with conservatism or if he's like like just right to the middle as fast as he possibly can. He kind of, you know, he kind of blows with the wind. He's either just Democrats are the worst people in the world or you know what? I've had it with Republicans. I'm I've got to side with these people on the left now because they're in control and I don't want anything bad. To ha- I'll take all the money from the Trump supporters when it when I'm in facing a tight race in South Carolina. But then after I get reelected and the, the uh, political tides are turning, I might just have to swim over to the middle a little bit with Bruce Springsteen. Anyway, he was on he, he's, he seems to be back on the side of Democrats or horrible people because he was on uh, he was on Hannity yesterday and Sean Hannity had him on as a guest to discuss the impeachment proceedings and how they're going. Now, keep in mind, yesterday was day two of impeachment day two of impeachment and here is what lindsey graham said about day two the not guilty vote is growing after today i think most republicans found the presentation by the house managers offensive and absurd okay he says get this, this is very interesting he said the not guilty uh what did he say the not guilty vote is growing after today okay the not guilty vote is growing after today, we thought going into this, we had 45 solid not guilties. Then we thought, well, maybe we have 44 solid not guilties because Senator Cassidy from Louisiana voted to go ahead with this ridiculously unconstitutional uh, pr- process. But anyway, so then we thought, all right, well, for sure we have 44. Now Lindsey Graham saying we're probably back to 45. We may even have 46, 47, or even 50. Who knows? Although Mitt Romney, that guy's probably already made up his mind. Uh, that guy's probably made up his mind as he probably made up his mind at the end of the last impeachment when he voted to impeach the president. So we were looking at a at the uh, House managers not doing their job very well, not mounting a stunning prosecution because Lindsey Graham is calling it offensive and absurd. And as he looks around and as he talks to people, he realizes he's not the only one that thinks that way. In fact, Rand Paul tweeted out yesterday after the testimony how offended he was by saying, I can't believe Eric Swalwell, who uh, who slept with a Chinese spy that he employed as one of his aides. I mean, think about this. You've got a congressperson who who brings in a Chinese spy, gives them a job and then and then sleeps has a personal relationship with them. He gets busted. The spy gets deported back to China and they put him in charge of the MP. He's one of the impeachment managers. It seems really weird. And Rand Paul was like, I can't I can't sit here and be lectured by this guy who's probably the last person who should be lecturing us on what's good and bad for the country, seeing as how he invited a Chinese spy into the federal government. And, yeah, also, you know, had a little fun with her uh, to boot. And so that I mean, the fact that the Democrats did that, I think, was a dig. But it may it may in the end uh, not help their case whatsoever, even though their case was pretty flimsy. To begin with, here's what else Lindsey Graham said when he was discussing the impeachment managers and their prosecutorial acumen yesterday after day two of Trump impeachment 2.0. The managers have got this cockamamie idea, absurd theory that Donald Trump was monitoring the Proud Boys website and other far right websites and that he and Dan Scavino knew this was going to happen and they encouraged it. That is Looney Tunes, and you know why they're saying that? Because if the president didn't know, and it was actually 
pre-planned, he's not guilty. Look at that. In, in 30 seconds, Lindsey Graham broke down the breakdown of the Democrats' uh, whole case against Donald Trump. If he did know ahead of time, it wasn't an insurrection. The insurrection wasn't cited. And if he didn't know, then you don't have a case. I mean, this is what we've been going from the get go. This impeachment, this impeachment was based on one premise that Donald Trump walked out on this on uh, January the 6th, gave a speech to 100,000 MAGA fans who voted for him. And in that speech, he got them all riled up, all excited and directed them to go down and break into the Capitol and terrorize everybody inside. That's what they charged him with. That was the incitement of insurrection. But. After the impeachment, when the FBI did some investigating and they started to arrest people and the DOJ got involved and the police started banging on doors and arresting people that were, you know, dressed in fur and horns and shirtless and blue paint and all that. When they started interviewing them, they realized a lot of them, they were thinking about doing this for a while. This wasn't just I'm listening to the president and I'm getting heated. And you know what I think we should do? Run down to the Capitol and break in. No, that's not what it was at all. This was premeditated. And if it's premeditated, the president could not at all have incited this insurrection on January 6th. So he's not guilty. So now what they're trying to do is prove that Donald Trump knew about it before he was in with in it with the Proud Boy. He was down around the campfire swigging PBRs with the Proud Boys long before January 6th to make sure that this would happen. It is cockamamie and it is Looney Tunes. And that may be the most sensible thing Lindsey Graham has said in a really long time. But that's not it. There's more. We got to take a quick break. I'll play you the last thing Lindsey Graham said about impeachment and what he thinks is going to happen going forward. Plus, we'll play you what happened yesterday when Mike Lee got up and objected to the entire thing. It was brilliant. And, of course, you're not going to see it anywhere else. Uh, but we'll play it for you right here next. It's the Mark K Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> This is the Marquee Show. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. All right, so uh, back to Lindsey Graham real quick before we have to take another break. Lindsey Graham on Sean Hannity yesterday talking about the impeachment, and he's talking about how this is just ridiculous. And, and this was a quote that really, I mean, Twitter grabbed hold of this. They were not happy with Lindsey Graham, but he's he's right on the money with it. The not guilty vote is growing after today. I think most Republicans found the presentation by the House managers offensive. And absurd. And this is something that you really have to. I mean, and I don't think that the House managers, I, they have to know that they're not going to win. They have to know that there's an acquittal on the horizon. And so it's but, it, you know, it, it's a very interesting task to go into a place where you have 50 people, 50 Republicans who are serving on the jury. Uh, and you need a bunch of them to vote your way. And in your testimony and when you're talking about what happened on the days of uh, you're on the day of in question, January 6th and leading up to it, a lot of them are people that you're attacking. And at the same time, you're trying to get their vote. Josh Hawley, for example, Ted Cruz, even Lindsey Graham. I know a lot of Mike Lee had to get up and object. And we'll get you to uh, we'll get you that audio here in just a minute. But it's got to be interesting to go in and say, OK, you guys are the jury. But also, we think a lot of you are bad people. And we've been saying that on TV for a while. But now we're going to convince you to vote with us. It's got it's like it's an impossible task and really a task that shouldn't be happening anyway. It's a huge waste of time. And Lindsey Graham pointed that out in his final uh, in his goodbye to Sean Hannity when he said this. This thing is collapsing before their eyes and the not guilty vote is growing. So it'll be over by Sunday, I hope, for the good of country. The the uh, the the not guilty vote is growing. This thing is collapsing before their eyes and this vote will be over by Sunday, I hope. For the good of the country. Now, I think that what's going to happen here, and this is probably good news all around, is that as Donald Trump's defensive team, the uh, the lawyers that he handled, the lawyers that got just raked across the coals the other day for their meandering kind of weird, you know, opening statements about the Senate in Greece. And I love my senator. And it was kind of all over the. Yeah, it was it was awkward. It was weird. I'll give you that. I wouldn't hire these people to be my defense attorneys. Um, if, I, if I were Bruce Springsteen, I definitely would. <laughs> if I were Bruce, I wouldn't hire Donald Trump's attorneys to defend him either. Um, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I think what's happening with the prosecution here, I think what's happening with these House managers who are trying to prove the case against Donald Trump is they're doing just 
just such a terrible, horrible job. They're just they're 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 giving you multiple different scenarios, none of which can make sense with the fact that Donald Trump incited insurrection on January 6th, which is what he was charged with um, in the impeachment article. So in trying to prove that Donald Trump has long been uh, fostering hatred and inciting insurrection, they're doing the opposite, which is trying to prove that he incited insurrection on January 6th. Their case is collapsing makes it a lot better for the defense because they don't have to get up and talk that much. <laughs> that's not, and unfortunately, that's not one of their strong suits. So I think what's going to happen is when they wrap up this case, when the prosecution is done, instead of 16 hours of rebuttal or 12 hours of rebuttal, I think you may see one to two hours of rebuttal. You may see one to two hours of the defense playing videos of Maxine Waters and of Chuck Schumer and of all these other Democrats saying terrible, horrible things and not getting charged with insurrection. And then they're going to be like, you know what? Case closed. We'll all vote and we'll go home. 855-765-1045. That's my prediction. We'll have to wait and see if I'm right. Uh, in the meantime, we got that Mike Lee stuff coming out. It's, it's the Democrats have to admit that they're lying to you on the floor of the Senate. It was kind of cool. That's all next. Stay tuned to the Mark K Show. We'll be right back. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045 is our number. And today is third. Tomorrow's Friday. I can't believe that's amazing. Uh, programming note. I'm off on Monday for President's Day. I know I apologize. But, you know, you got to. I'm not. It's not because I'm celebrating the president. Uh, it's other reasons, but it was planned vacation. And then uh, we'll be back next week, Tuesday through Friday, as you know, good Lord willing, we'll be there. We'll be here. And then, of course, we'll be here tomorrow, too, for Fake News Friday, which is very exciting. And we have what the bleep on the way today. And before I get to this Mike Lee stuff, I want to uh, before I get to this Mike Lee stuff, I want to uh, get a couple phone calls in here because we do have some people that um, that jumped in real quick and, and have been waiting very patiently. And, you know, it is it is uh, you know, we do want people to feel like we're we're giving them an outlet as well so uh, harry's on fleming island hi harry how are you hey mark great and i hope you're doing well and great show oh thank you so um, much thanks well i wonder if um law and police support for trump maybe backfired on mr springsteen if the, think about it say that one more time i missed the first part if what yes if, if law and police support for trump backfired on springsteen because he's so anti-trump and his liberal views including defunding I mean, I can see a police officer saying, I'm going to nail this guy. Oh, I see what you're saying. So Bruce Springsteen uh, openly supporting the defund the police movement. You think the police are like, OK, next time I see you shooting tequila on your motorcycle, your ass is grass. That's basically what you're thinking, right? And, and, and the police and law enforcement basically supported Trump. Yeah. This past election. So I think he kind of I think he kind of did it to himself. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And he did. He wrote a song or something about police brutality. Uh, I kind of I don't even remember. I don't, I don't think I mean, it wasn't a hit or anything, but I kind of remember them coming out with some kind of really super, super duper emo song that he wrote um, during the riots and during, uh, you know, the George Floyd incident. So maybe that is a big part. of. I didn't even think about that. I didn't look and and, you know, and that's fine. You can have your own political views if you want to uh, side with the Democrats on things like defunding the police department. Go go for it. But just remember, when you break the law, the police are probably not going to be uh, they're not going to turn the other cheek as they might have, you know, before you took a public step. By the way, personally, I'm I think the police should be funded even more. And I'm not just saying that because I don't want to get arrested if I ever drive a motorcycle while drinking tequila, although probably <laughs> neither one of those things. I mean, the uh, the odds of that happen. First of all, my wife won't let me get a motorcycle. And second of all, you know, I'm not a big, I mean, I like tequila, but not while I'm driving. Anyway, but I'm a huge fan of of uh, of all kinds of police and uh, fund them, refund them, fund them, you know, fund them again. I think that's and the, yeah, and that let that be a lesson. The next time you take some kind of really out there leftist, um, staunch, bizarro, uh, you know, stand on something like defunding law enforcement, uh, you you really just know you're going to have to really be watch. You're not going to be able to speed. You're going to have to use your turn signals. You can't go right on red, red unless you know if there's a sign. All these things that you probably think you can get away with, you're going to have to come to a complete stop at the stop sign. You can't just cruise through like most of us do. Um, especially if you have any kind of uh, propensity for uh, not respecting or liking the police. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Kevin in Montana. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. 
Hey, what's going on, Mark? How you doing? Oh, great, man. What's up? Uh, what's up with you, Kevin? What'd you want to say today, sir? Uh, hey, I just wanted to talk about. I've been listening to a lot of you and a lot of like Dan Bongino. Okay. Uh, a couple of couple of good outlets out there that I know can actually get the you know the real news. Yeah. Um, but Time Magazine came out with this article recently. It seemed uh, a little weird to me. I don't know if you read it or not, or if you heard about it. You know, I heard about it from Rush. It was a uh, it was a big article there where Time Magazine talked about how there was basically a conglomeration of all these superpowers that worked together to suppress right. uh, information and and push the election in Biden's favor. And it was almost like a victory, like they were like they were rubbing it. They were so proud of their accomplishments, how they worked together with social media and big media and the unions and everybody else to crush the uh, Republican contingent in the election and really bolster Biden. And that's why he didn't have to go out anywhere um, and, and campaign. Is that the that's the article you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The shadow campaign, they yeah. call it. And they. They said they didn't rig the election. They fortified it, which I found quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, from Republican state, you know? Yeah. No, look, if you and I appreciate your call. I, that's a, that's been a very that's been a very popular topic. I I read that kind of thing or I hear Rush talking about it, or I hear anyone else mentioning it. For example, when you called in and I and I just have to think to myself, you know, that that to me is not we knew that was that we saw that the breadcrumbs had been li laid out. You know, you can just follow the breadcrumbs and you can see the path, especially after Twitter shut down the president. I mean, that was just that was that was the real victory lap when you when you work together to def I mean, they were defunding campaigns of Republicans before the election. They were th taking videos down mine, uh, Dan Bongino's, uh, you know, the Hodge twins, everybody's. They were trying to silence voices. I mean, we saw uh, CNN was ridiculous in their reporting, never at one time reporting on any of the the um, violence that continued against the federal courthouse in Portland. But yet they all they did was pump up covid numbers and show you covid hospitals and this, that. And, the, and they put and they put Governor Cuomo, who happens to be the brother of one of their superstars on the air ad nauseum. And wow, now we're starting. Oh, look, now after the election, we're starting to find out that Governor Cuomo Probably not the person you want to have on television anymore because he's been lying about the number of deaths that were caused by his terrible uh, his terrible governing and and uh, managing of the covid situation in New York. So it's really been I mean, it's really, you know, not surprising to me to find out that all these people banded together to uh, to help get Joe Biden elected. I mean, it's maybe a little surprising that they would outline the whole thing in an article and say, hey, here was our playbook. Um, read about it in Time magazine. But, you know, maybe maybe readership is down that much that they really I mean, they've got to do anything they can, even if it means outing themselves, um, you know, to get re people to pick up. a call. I'm still not going to buy it. Um, yeah, I think you can just read it online. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. All right. So let's talk. Speaking of fake news and everything, let's talk a little bit about this, because something happened yesterday in the impeachment trial that you're not really going to hear about. In fact, I went on CNN, didn't see one mention of it, went on MSNBC, didn't see one mention of it. You either had to be watching it live or nowhere to look to hear about this. And it's important because it's a moment in the impeachment trial, when the impeachment managers, meaning the Democrats who are put in charge of prosecuting Donald Trump and end up and convincing the jury that this impeachment should result in the removal of office of someone who doesn't hold the office, which, again, well, I mean, I don't envy them that job. Convince me that the president, who's not in office anymore, should be removed from office. It's a tough it's a tough uh, task for anybody. But I mean, they call it the burden of proof for a reason. You know, it's the burden of proof. A burden is not something that is easy. You've got to prove that whatever you're prosecuting somebody, you've got to prove that they did it, that they had motive, which is reason to do it, that they had the means to do it, which is the ability and that they had the opportunity, meaning that it could arrive. There's a there's a lot that goes into it. And they call it the burden of proof because it is tough. It is weighty. It is it is burdensome to try to prove that somebody committed a crime because most of the time they're not just going to get out there and and announce it or or say you know what you got me I did it throw me in jail uh, impeach me remove me from an office that I don't hold anymore they're not just going to volunteer that information so these managers have to get up there and do whatever it is they can they have to they have to convince you they have to come up with these bizarre storylines and sometimes they have to lie. 
and introduce fake news and fake evidence into the record as if it, it's evidence. Now, the problem here is that when when they um, his, his name's Cicilline, he's one of the, the uh, House managers, when he introduced this story or told the story about Mike Lee from Utah during the riots on January 6th or just before the riots on January 6th, the problem is Mike Lee from Utah is sitting in the chamber listening to him because he's one of the jury members. He's a senator. He's got to be there. He's sworn in. He's listening to this testimony. And they start talking about a phone call between him and Donald Trump and then Tommy Tuberville. And he's sitting there going, wait a minute. This didn't happen. This is all made. This is a lie. So imagine this. In the courtroom, one of the jurors jumps up and says, I'm sorry, what he said about me is not true. And here's the audio of that. My point was not about whether it's appropriate for them to make characterizations. My point was to strike them because they were false. They're false. He's basically saying these lawyers are lying to you about what happened in their prosecution. And here's the clip from Cicilline where he describes the moment Mike Lee got a call from the president, supposedly. He attempted to call Senator Tuberville. He dialed Senator Lee by accident. Senator Lee describes it. He had just ended a prayer with his colleagues here in the Senate chamber. And the phone rang. It was Donald Trump. It was Donald Trump. And then he goes on to say, I, you know, Mike Lee handed the, the phone to, to Tommy Tuberville. And then they talked about how they've got to object about these things and yada, yada, yada. And Mike Lee's like, no, this is not accurate at all. Statements were attributed to me moments ago by the House impeachment managers. Statements relating to the content of conversations between uh, a phone call involving President Trump and Senator Tuberville mm -hmm. were not made by me. They're not accurate. And they're contrary to fact. I move pursuant to Rule 16 that they be stricken from the record. They're contrary to fact, which is the really nice Democratic way of saying it's a big fat lie. They're lying to you. They're here. And, and this is the tricky part. This is where they get you. Because every one of those 50 senators who's acting as a juror, they've been sworn in. They take an oath. The problem is the managers, the prosecutors, the attorneys who are prosecuting the president, who are putting forth the evidence, they don't take an oath. They don't, take, they don't swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Not that it would matter because most of them, I mean, they're, they're like Kamala Harris puts her little pocketbook on top of the Bible so she doesn't actually have to swear an oath. But they're not sworn in. They just saunter in there and start spewing whatever. And the the jury would have to, you know, it's on them to believe it or not. But when they're spewing lies about one of the jurors, he jumps up and says, that didn't happen. Well, Jamie Raskin, the lead uh, House impeachment manager, he then has to admit that they have pushed forward something that is False. Listen to that. This should be the headline today. And of course, it's so damaging to the impeachment case that you're not going to hear about it anywhere. But right here, the uh, impeachment manager, Mr. Cicilline, correctly and accurately quoted a newspaper account, um, which the distinguished senator uh, has taken objection to. So we're happy to withdraw it on the grounds that that it is uh, on the grounds that it is not true. Okay, we're going to withdraw it on the grounds with the testimony we gave we're now going to withdraw on the grounds that well, it's not true. I mean, think this is so damaging to not just the case against Donald Trump, the impeachment itself, but the veracity and the honesty of the Democratic Party that their impeachment managers put forth a lie, get caught in it and then have to strike it from the record citing that it's just not true but on the grounds that, that it is uh, on the grounds that it is not true. <laughs> He's trying to think of a better way to say it on the grounds that it's how do I say this without looking like a total idiot uh, on the grounds that it's uh, screw it. Not true. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. There's one more thing he said after that, too, which I think is probably the most poignant thing that the impeachment managers have said in this entire charade thus far. We got to take a break. We will play it for you next. Stay tuned. This is the Mark K show. Show. My name is Mark A. 855 If you're trying to get through, 855 If you're trying to get through, and also uh, leave us an open mic. There's a there's a, a little open mic feature on our um, 
on our uh, mobile app and you just record it. It's a high quality MP3 audio gets shipped directly to uh, Josh here in the studio. And as soon as I remind him, he goes and he checks it, dumps it in. And then we play them on the air and they sound like this. Hi, Mark. I'm concerned about President Trump's lawyers. They seem so inept. Are they going to get the job done? Look, here's the thing. I'm less and less. By the way, thank you, thank you so much for your blatant honesty. We're not going to pull any punches here. Donald Trump's lawyers—they seem like real, real tools, aren't they? Are they really that dumb? Uh, I mean, look, let's let's be honest. Here's what happened too. We'll get to. Uh, by the way, I'm going to play this Jamie Raskin bit for you here in a second. But let's be honest. Here's what happened. Donald Trump got, gets impeached again. Okay. He has to move out of the White House. He's going down to Mar-a-Lago. He's got to find a legal team. Legal team, you know, lawyers are, are not wanting to sign on. Why? Because as soon as a lawyer gets hired by Donald Trump, they get doxxed by the Internet. They get called out by uh, by their, you know, by their clients. Their law firms have to have to withdraw or fire them because clients start pulling out. I mean, the left just goes hog on all these people and tries to put political pressure on them so that any lawyer that is worth their weight and worth their salt won't have anything to do with Donald Trump for fear of ostracizing current or future clients. So he has trouble getting lawyers, gets a bunch of lawyers in. A week later, they all quit. Why? Well, because evidently he wanted to go one direction. They wanted to go another. That meant that even though he asked and the Republicans in the Senate asked for more time to put together a case, um, the Democrats said no. So he's going into it with a couple of lawyers who are third tier and only had a week to plan. So that would explain why his lawyers were, as you put it, inept. However, I believe, like Lindsey Graham said, that this thing is going to be over by Sunday. Not because Donald Trump's team is so brilliant, but because the Democrat managers are also, if not more so, inept. I mean, it was Jamie Raskin who yesterday, after misquoting Mike Lee in his testimony, had to say our testimony or our case is not true. But on the grounds that, that it is uh, on the grounds that it is not true. But he wasn't done. He went on to say this. We're going to withdraw it this evening and without any prejudice to the ability to resubmit it if possible and then we can debate it if we need it but it's not it's this is much ado about nothing because it's not critical in any way to our case this is much ado about nothing he could have that could have been his entire argument hey guys this is much ado not only are they not only are they arguing that what the the information they gave to try to prove that donald trump was guilty of insurrection not only are they admitting that it's not true they're also saying it doesn't matter anyway it's much ado about nothing it's not even critical to our case this is much ado about nothing because it's not critical in any way to our case well then why do you just you just have to lie every 20 minutes is that what is, is when you're a democrat it's like oh 20 minutes went by without a lie all right let me come up with something real quick 855-765-1045 quick break more mark k show coming up next is the Mark K Show. Uh, 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. I don't know how, but during the break, we got on the topic of deodorant. No. Um, Hannah asked me if I used extra strength. What did you ask me if I, I used? I said prescription strength, but I think it's called clinical strength. By the way, I take offense. Of, why would you ask me if you I used extra strength? You smelled your armpit. Right, but not because they smell. your arm. Because they smell them. good. I was like, oh, that smells fresh. No, you and then, said, mm, I smell something. Well, I thought I smelled something, but it wasn't me. I think it was the microphone or something. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that come in and out of this room. That's true. And I caught a whiff, and I just want to make sure it wasn't me. But, uh, no, I don't use I don't use prescription strength. Um, you know, but then I, re- I relayed this story about my sister, who's not, you know, she's very much, I don't know, I don't like granola. I don't know if that's an offensive Crunchy term. granola. Yeah, yeah, she's very, like, open and, like, of, of the earth. You can and, just say hippie-ish. Yeah, basically. And uh, she doesn't she doesn't use deodorant, or at least she didn't at one point in her life. She used what was called a deodorant stone, <laughs> and it apparently is a rock. Not really sure what kind of rock, but you take it and you rub it on the parts that typically would smell or would need deodorizing, like your armpits. And it's supposed to, you know, fresh, it's a natural way of deodorizing your body. And I thought, oh, this is, so I saw it there. It was like a, this rock in the bathroom. And I thought it would smell like eucalyptus or, or, or lemongrass or something. And I smelled it and it smelled like body of, like just really smelled like a na- the nastiest <laughs> armpit ever. And I think I actually dropped it at that point. I was like, Did ah. it break? I hope it did. No, it didn't break. But, mm-hmm. uh, it, I mean, whew. 
I never, I didn't smell like anything really for about three weeks. Like, you know, I, it, was it was all like you had COVID. fried my nose. Yeah, I did. I was like, I had, I had COVID before anyone knew what it was. Uh, but it was a deodorant. So it didn't work. I mean, unless, of course, that's what it was like a magnet and it sucked the maybe smell off your the pits. Scent. Like, maybe that's what it's supposed to smell. I don't know. But if you, if you take this rock and you start rubbing it under your armpits, all you're doing is rubbing stank back under there. So that's I, true. I would avoid that. Again, this is not a an endorsement for or against anything. I'm just saying real deodorant would probably be. Better. Uh, anyway, uh, you still want to smell as bad as the Democrats' impeachment testimony, is all I'm trying to say. Like, I smell something. What is that? Is that me? Oh, no, that's Jamie Raskin's impeachment testimony. Got it. Okay. Uh, 855-765-1045 is our number. Travis is in Minnesota today. Good morning, Travis. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Hey, pretty good. How are you? Oh, doing really well. Uh, doing really well. First time caller? Oh. I was going to call you yesterday, but I was put my dog down. So. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, Travis. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thanks. Um, but the the last good call I just talked talk about it, but the that Time magazine article, yeah, that they basically planned all this stuff. Yeah. Did you the the best part of all that whole thing that stuck out to me is that they did this to save the American people, to protect us. Yeah. Correct. That uh, was that was just uh, the one that caught me on that thing is they're not really trying to do anything, but. Yeah, no, Travis, and you bring up a great point. And again, sorry to hear about your dog. That's awful news. That's awful news, and we hope you get through it okay. But you're right. Whenever a Democrat tells you they're trying to protect you or they're trying to save you, basically what they're doing is calling you stupid. They're saying, look, we know that 75 million of you voted for Donald Trump. We think you don't know what you're doing. We think you're stupid. We think you are, you're a danger to yourself. You know, and and they and that, and that's why they they try to make every single Republican or every single conservative or every every MAGA fan, every Donald Trump fan seem like they're some kind of country bumpkin. Like, hey, hold my beer, the, the hold my beer crowd, right? Like, who are you voting for, Donald Trump? No, you ain't. Oh yeah, hold my beer. Like it's some kind of dare. Like we don't really believe it or understand what we're doing. We're just, we're too stupid. We didn't go to the same colleges, the elite universities that they did, and we don't hold the same high level media positions that they do. We don't understand, uh, you know, about history and how bad it was and how how racist it was and how the only even though. Even though we work high profile positions where we make millions of dollars playing basketball or playing football or, you know, hosting CNN TV shows. I'm not even going to say news. I'm going to say hosting CNN TV shows. Even though we sing into a microphone and make millions and millions of dollars, we think capitalism is satanic and terrible and needs to be destroyed. Socialism is the way to go. And you don't get that. You don't understand that working your job every single day, paying your bills. That's how that's why they think we're stupid, because when we go to college and borrow money, we take years to pay it back. Kind of idiot. It does that. You go to college, you borrow a bunch of money, you, you vote for Democrats, and then they're just going to forgive that debt. You get free college. That's basically all it is. Same thing with when, you know, when the uh, when the Democrats shut down the government and they say you can't go to work anymore. You go, well, how am I going to feed my family? They say you're not. But if you vote for us, we'll send you two thousand dollars or fourteen hundred dollars. You go, OK, I'll vote for you. And then they send you fourteen hundred dollars. But you still don't get to go back to work. You still they're, you're too stupid. They don't you know that if you go to work, you're going to die from coronavirus. Don't you know if your kids go back to school, they're going to bring coronavirus back to you and you're going to take it to your mother and she's going to take it to her old folks home and you're going to kill millions of people. Do you want that on your conscience? What are you, an idiot? So Time magazine, yes, this article shows that the media and the Democrats and the and the uh, and the educational system and the, uh, the all the unions, everybody, they banded together to save dumb American conservatives from ourselves. And then they brag about it. <laughs> they write a whole they write a whole article of the autobiography of how we suppressed information to push one candidate over the finish line in an election where our candidate clearly wasn't physically or mentally able to do it on his own. Yet we feel he's better to run the country because the 75 million people who are voting for the other guy clearly need to be saved from themselves. And when we publish this article, they're all going to thank us. 
Thank you so much for not letting our votes count. Thank you so much for not letting the candidate that we wholeheartedly supported and who we believe in and who supports the ideals of the of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and of the United States of America and of our church. That guy who's letting us pray the way we want and go to work where we want and when we want and and telling us that we can have our guns to protect ourselves from a government that might might possibly in the future potentially overreach and 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 need to be you know need to be dealt with in some way as the constitution lays forward we we want you to be able to maintain every single right that the forefathers and the framers gave you um we voted for that guy god we're idiots idiots all of us thank god for all those people in time magazine that got together to save us you know uh, where were they when i was 16 and i stuck a fork in the light socket because the switch broke and i almost electrocuted myself if only they'd been there then when i did that that would have been uh, that would have been great 855-765-1045 is our number this is pam in nashville tennessee hi pam how are you i'm fine mark how are you oh i'm doing really well i've got democrats saving me from myself so i couldn't be better <laughs> Well, I have a, a um, comment about that. Yeah. Um, that comment on the Time magazine, I actually read an article and uh, watched a documentary on two people who had uh, whistleblowed on that net. There's a net out there of people who are all over the world. And I think it's on Rumble is what it is, and it's okay. called the article. It's called uh, what you uh, what they don't want you to know. Yeah. And these people came out and started telling how they got that information on Trump for the Russian collusion. This is how it all started. And then, of course, it got bigger and bigger and bigger because Hillary did not win the uh, the uh, election, and they went after the Democrats went after. Trump from day one. Oh yeah, to make sure that this was lined up for the next election that they would bring him down. And what did they do? They gave misinformation. They doctored every uh, newscast out there about you know don't report this, don't do that unless it shows Trump to be in a bad light. And also, it even said, and if you'll read it in Time Magazine, that they even. Oh, well, this actually, mag, uh, this um, uh, article states that it even caused misinformation for them to do the rioting out in uh, out west. Yeah, Pam. And the other thing is the Hunter Biden story is a big aspect of this, too. The way that the social media outlets, even though the New York Post, a reputable newspaper, reported it, they suppressed it because they didn't want any negative information about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden getting out there before the election. Because God forbid, God forbid people be able to make up their own minds. Um, and you're and look, and, and this did all start back in 2016. This did all start to keep Donald Trump out of office the first time and it failed. And that's why you're hearing about it now, because now they're in control. They got the media. They've got the unions. They've got the uh, they've got the, uh, the executive branch. They've got the legislative branch. They're untouchable. And when you feel like you're untouchable and when you feel like you've succeeded in something, finally, what do you want to do? You just want to tell everybody about it. And that's what this Time magazine is. It's them bragging about what they did to suppress votes so that they could get Donald Trump out of office. And it's been such a long, it's been so long. We've just, we just couldn't wait to tell you about it. So here it is. Hey, thanks for the call. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More Mark K Show coming up next. Mark K, 855-765-1045 is the number, 855-765-1045. We got some What the Bleep coming up here in just a minute, but before we get to that, let's get to Shannon in New York State. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Good, Mark. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely, Shannon. Thanks so much for calling. What do you want to say today, Shannon? So, okay, I kind of came to, like, this epiphany, I guess, revolving around the first impeachment with Trump. Oh, yeah. All right. three years, three years they spent investigating um, what they were looking for, fraud, yeah. rigged elections, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And they came up with nothing, right? right? He was acquitted. I don't think they ever meant to really. I mean, if they impeached Trump, you know, better for them. But I don't think that that was the top of their priority list. You know, they had their nose deep in the Congress library researching and 
and looking up these articles and books that focused around countries that have used election fraud to, you know, keep their citizens oppressed. Yeah. So I think for three years, they literally learned the best way that they could rig the next election because they knew Trump had a lot of support and that it was dangerous for him to run again, that he would probably get elected in again. You know, so I, I, I just feel like everything that we're seeing happening now is just this long, you know, played out plan that they have been planning from the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, I think we really messed up their plan when Trump got in. You know, what they've been trying to do, changing our government into this, you know, socialist empire where people are stripped of their rights. And, you know, they say that it's equity, but we know how that worked out in, you know, Venezuela and Cuba where they, they say the people are equal except for the people at the top. And then everybody is left with nothing. And I, and I feel like that's where we're going. And it's really scary. And it, I feel like Trump is the only person that, you know, that stands in the way of that. And they're doing everything they can to wipe him off the map. Yeah. Jenny, look, you bring up some really great points and there's a lot of proof to what you're what you're theorizing. I mean, when you look at what's happening today, it proves your point exactly. When you look at how Joe Biden rolls on in here and starts signing executive order after executive order after executive order, 50 of them in his first week, he's basically saying, wow, we've got to we've got to make ensure that whatever we do happens before Donald Trump or somebody like him gets back into office. In fact, screw that. We've got to do it before 2022 because Donald Trump created a lot of mini Donald Trumps that are going to be out there and are already infiltrating the House of Representatives in record numbers and will probably take back control of the House of Representatives, if not the Senate as well, in 2022. So, yeah, they're nervous. They wanted to slowly make all these changes to uh, our country, these fundamental differences from the Constitution. But now they've got to just they've got to just ram it through in two years because they know that that Donald Trump supporters are still out there ready ready to strike in the next election. Great point and great call. All right, listen, we've got some What the Bleep. We're going to do it next. So if you want to play, get on the horn. 855-765-1045. What the Bleep's next on the Mark Show. Okay, I reinvested all my GameStop stocks into weed stocks. And brother, I'm going to the moon. Yeah, probably in more ways than one. <laughs> Nothing. Hey, man, nothing goes higher than a good weed stock. Uh, 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the week again. It's the time when we get together and we play one of our favorite games called What the Bleep. Yeah. All right, Woo. Okay. So uh, here's how this one works. What happens is we've come up with some clips throughout the week, and we've uh, we've taken the clips. We've bleeped out one word to make it sound naughty, but it's naughty. It's not naughty. It's naughty. It, it's clean. And uh, and then we ask some people to identify the words. If they can correctly identify the words, they'll win Mark K. Show prize packs today. And it looks like we have a couple of contestants ready to go. First up is Corey. Uh, Corey's here in Jacksonville. Good morning, Corey. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How about you? Doing really well. Thanks for asking, Corey. You ready to play some What the Bleep? Absolutely. Perfect. You are going to be playing today against Susie in Arkansas. Hello, Susie. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Oh, great, Susie. Susie, say hi to Corey. Corey, say hi to Susie. Hi, Corey. Good morning, Susie. How are you? Oh, you guys are so nice. I have to tell you, we have the most pleasant audience of any audiences I've ever I've ever played with. Uh, that sounded weirder than I meant it to. Anyway, here we go. Let's uh, let's start the game. You guys are familiar with the rules, right? You understand how this works? Yes, yeah. sir. Cool. Here we go. We're going to start with you today, Corey. And your first what the bleep is from uh, Senator Cassidy in Louisiana being interviewed right after the first day of the impeachment hearings. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. You ready? Absolutely. Here we go. The House managers were focused. They were organized. They relied upon both precedent, the Constitution, and legal scholars. They made a compelling argument. President Trump's team were dead. <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you think, Corey? Oh, man. Uh, can you play it one more time? Yeah, though? let's hear it one more time. The House managers were focused. They were organized. They relied upon both precedent, the Constitution, and legal scholars. They made a compelling argument. President Trump's team were d <laughs> <laughs> What the bleep, Corey? Democrats. 
President Trump, we're, we're Democrats. God, I hope not. Let's take a listen. The Constitution and legal scholars today made a compelling argument. President Trump's team were disorganized. Oh, disorganized is what we were looking for. Yeah, we we're looking for we're looking for disorganized, but that's okay. We're just, that was the first one. We got a long way to go. It's still anyone's ball game. All right, are you ready, Susie? I'm ready. I'm glad I didn't get that one. Yeah, no, listen, you're, you got a good one here. This is Donald Trump Jr. Uh, talking to Sean Spicer on Newsmax yesterday about January 6th. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep, okay? Okay. Here we go. How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, that video was clearly not in context. Explain what they left out. Well, they, they left out the major part of my f speech. <laughs> what, 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 what do you? Father's speech. His what? Father's speech. His father's speech. How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, that video was clearly not in context. Explain what they left out. Well, they, they left out the major part of my father's speech. Oh, look at that! Wow! <laughs> Good, Susie. Great job. You killed it. All right, you got yourself a point. Corey, you ready? Yes, sir. Here we go, Corey. This is uh, this is your chance to tie it up, okay? All right. All right, this is a random group of lawyers and a judge on Zoom somewhere talking about how to use Zoom. Listen carefully and tell us uh, what the bleep. Here we go. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a f turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to... Uh, <laughs> Take we're trying to. We're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a. F it in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what do you think, Corey? What are we looking for there? Sensor. A what? Sensor. A sensor. I could I couldn't hardly hear it. Yeah, well, listen to it. We'll, we'll play the first one again for you. It's the same word both times. Listen carefully. Here it is, Mr. Ponton. I believe you have a f turned on in the video <laughs> settings. What What do you think? Uh, <laughs> you have a. Oh man. I've got a, set, a setting has turned on. I can hear you. I think it's a f <laughs> You're going to go uh, with five seconds. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a setting. Setting, a setting. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter oh, turned on in so the video cool. settings. Remember, he looked like a... He looked like uh, a you cat. You might want to. Uh, and then he had to say, uh, had to we're say trying to, I'm not a cat. We're tr can you hear me, Judge? I think that's here. I can hear you. I think it's a fit. Yeah, here it is. You know, if it's, if it's gone out and it's gone viral, let it go. Yeah, let it go. There we go. All right. Uh, he's not a cat. That was that. It's not. A, that's okay. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Susie, back to you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Listen carefully. This is Wolf Blitzer on CNN discussing the uh, the impeachment uh, trial so far. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Will any of this convince skeptical Senate Republicans that Trump should be? <laughs> Listen, that went quick. Listen one more time. Will any of this convince skeptical Senate Republicans that Trump should be? What do you think? <laughs> Um, I don't listen to CNN. Let's see. Uh, I'm thinking impeached. Impeached. All right, let's see. Any of this convince skeptical Senate Republicans that Trump should be convicted. Oh, convicted. Oh, convicted, yeah. Because they, remember, they want to make it seem even worse. They want it to seem like it's a big crime, a uh, big high tried treason or whatever it is. All right, that's all right. One to nothing. Corey, back to you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, listen carefully. This is Laura Ingram on Fox News talking about uh, something. I think it's about something about jobs. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Here we go. Now think about the people of Falk, Arkansas. Whoa, whoa what did she say? Wait, what did bleep? she say? Is that a place? Hold on. Hey, Susie, is there a place called Falk in Arkansas? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, here we go. Let's listen to it anyway. Now think about the people of Falk, Arkansas, who, until Biden came along, were grateful to have good-paying jobs. Oh, well, hold on, wait, I'm playing the wrong one. 
<laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Hold on, listen one more time. Here we go. Now think about the people of Falk, Arkansas, who until Biden came along were grateful to have good jobs with the pipeline project. <laughs> okay, good. All right, Corey. Now, now tell us what the bleep. Good, good paying jobs. <laughs> now think about the people of Falk, Arkansas, yeah, who fine. until Biden came along were grateful to have good paying jobs oh, with yeah. the pipeline project. <laughs> That was my bad. That was totally that was my fault. <laughs> I was just so shocked that the name of the town was Falk, Arkansas. Uh, all right, here we go. This It's tied up one to one. Susie, if you get this one, you win it. And it's all yours. We'll get your prize pack. Um, if you miss this one, you're tied up. We're going to have to give you both prize packs. Are you ready? Okay. All right, listen. So it's up to you if you just want to throw it or if you're like, no, screw it. I'm, I'm playing to win. Here we go. Listen carefully. <laughs> this is Tucker Carlson from Tucker Carlson Tonight. Uh, listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Here we go. Mark Cuban is a b- that was the best one all day. That's, that's it. That's all. Okay, all right. Let's listen. Let me play that one quick again. Let me play that one more time. Mark Cuban is a b- what, what do you think, Susie? I'm going to guess billionaire. You're going to guess billionaire? Um, Let's see. Yeah. Mark Cuban is a billionaire. Yeah, he yeah, owns the yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, All right, Susie, that means that right there, two to one. Congratulations. Uh, you're our big winner today. You got yourself a Mark K. Show prize back. Corey, great job, man. Great show. You had some tough ones, too. I'll admit it. Uh, but Susie from Arkansas is our big winner. Hang on one second, okay, Susie? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah don't go anywhere. Uh, it's the Marquee Show. <laughs> it's the Marquee Show. Quick break, and we will be right back. Mark Cuban is a bitch. Five seven six five one zero four five is our number. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Oh, we got we have Angela on the phone. <laughs> Angela, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Angela, tell everyone where you're calling from. I'm calling from Falk, Arkansas. Falk, so Falk, Arkansas is a place. Real? Yes. Wow, that's great. That is. I had no idea. We until we played it in uh, what the bleep. We thought it was just a made up town. No, it's not. It's yeah. about 20 miles outside of Texarkana, Texas. <laughs> okay, so it's 20 miles outside of Texarkana, Falk, Arkansas. Yes. That's is that a fun place to live? Because it sounds like it would be. <laughs> it's about. It's really small. Yeah. It's about 700 people. And they're known for the Boggy Creek Monster. The Boggy Creek Monster from Falk. Yeah, from yeah. Falk, Arkansas. Oh, and Falk. Do people often mispronounce Falk? Yes. I guess, yeah, I imagine they do. <laughs> well, listen, we appreciate you calling. We appreciate you listening, too. Oh, we, I listen all the time on YouTube. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, keep listening on YouTube as long as, they, you know, as long as we're there. I will. And thanks so much for calling. Dude, that's amazing. Look at that. So that's, there is a Falk, Arkansas. And uh, people there are losing their good-paying jobs thanks to Joe Biden. So that was oh, we probably should ask her about that too. Uh, that's a, that was. <laughs> wait a minute, did you lose a, a good-paying job? Now think about the people of Falk, Arkansas, who until Biden came along were grateful to have good-paying jobs with the pipeline project. Yeah, and now now they are they are SOL in Falk. Um, 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. All right, so what's going to happen now is we are going to have this impeachment continue. It's going to continue a couple more days. It's going to go on today at noon. They're already setting up, ready to go. Uh, then they're going to be going on probably tomorrow. But as don't forget what Lindsey Graham said. Lindsey Graham said that he believes that the tide is turning and that this whole thing is collapsing. This thing is collapsing before their eyes and the not guilty vote is growing. So it'll be over by Sunday, I hope, for the good of the country. We shall see, and by this time, hopefully next week, this entire impeachment mess 2.0 will be behind us. 855-765-1045, which brings us to Carol in Atlanta. Hi, Carol, how are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Hi, I'm great, Mark, and I'm sure you are, too, because oh, you've been uh, watching. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> 
I was reading something today about 9-11 on Facebook, mm-hmm. and they were saying how big of a hoax it was. Oh. And I'm like, really? And they said the FBI and DOJ has never released the files on that. Okay. And also, just for news, um, in Atlanta, Fulton County, they've come up with all kind of mathematics to show that this uh, election was stolen. Yeah. Listen, Carol, I think, you know, you know what's going to happen now is and, you know, the big question is now. And thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it. What's going to what you're going to see now is I think with Donald Trump finally gone from office with this impeachment, gonna it's going to be put behind us. I think what you're you're not going to see the Democrats let up on the sociology and the ideology of Donald Trump. They're going to continue to do what we've already seen them do with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, and Lindsey Bulbert and 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 Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. Now that Donald Trump is out of the way and, and with this impeachment gone, come probably next week, if Lindsey Graham's correct, it's going to be the same story, but it's going to be different Republicans that they start to target. They're going to be going through the Senate. They're going to start with Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, and they're going to work their way across and they are going to try to kick people off of committee. They already did it once. They were already successful in kicking Marjorie Taylor Greene off her committees. What's to say they're not going to try to do it in the Senate as well? They're going to go after every single congressperson that's ever said anything on Facebook or Twitter that they disagreed with or they thought was inflammatory. Just because Donald Trump's gone, it it just means that there's going to be more targets for the Democrats. This isn't even over on Monday, uh, even if it's over. On Monday, 855-765-1045. All right, we are out. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow for a little Fake News Friday, which is always very exciting. And then uh, do a programming note, we're off Monday, but we are back Tuesday. So definitely make make plans to join us tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Traffic, weather, news, Rush Limbaugh, all coming up next. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.